This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The Steelers go to Cleveland on Halloween to face off against the Cleveland Browns, the second AFC North matchup of the season for your Pittsburgh Steelers. They are 0-1 against the division, having dropped a game at home to the Bengals in Week 3. However, that loss looks a lot better today than it did when it happened in Week 3. So do the Raiders, but we'll get into that a little bit later probably. The Brownies... Four and three right now is definitely a surprise, I think. Uh, a lot of people had them pegged for at least five and two. I, I think say. so too. Obviously, they were uh, a Super Bowl contender this year. Uh, a lot of people were saying Chiefs, Bills, and then probably Browns or Ravens. I think it would go either way as far as who was that number three team that could push the defending uh, AFC Championship game participants from last year this season. And. You know, injuries obviously have done their fair share of derailing this Browns team early. But that being said, they've lost some really close games against some teams that they probably, I don't want to say should have beat, but just based on the game that they played against them, they could they have, could have won those games. And mm-hmm. the one that I look back to the most now... Is the Chiefs game. The Chiefs game, exactly, because the Chiefs don't look that imposing anymore. They don't look like the world beaters that they once were. So, and you in only a, lost by four on the road. In a weird sense of things, That's that has become loss. a bad loss mm-hmm. for the Browns all of a sudden. So we'll get into the Browns a lot here on this episode of the Steelers Standard with myself, Tom Opperman, and, of course, Jacob Recht. Uh, when you're playing a division opponent like this, when you're playing an AFC North rival, they deserve a little extra attention, I think, and... The place I want to start with Cleveland. Would you rather have Baker Mayfield back or Nick Chubb back? Well, Dearness Johnson didn't look horrible against uh, Denver, who has a decent run run defense. But I think in terms of value, you're you're going to do better with Nick Chubb. I, if you're, a, I'll say this: if you're a Steelers fan or someone on the Steelers, you You'd want Baker. Have Baker yes. than Nick Chubb. But if you're a Browns fan, you're the only team saying I'd rather have Nick Chubb. They all I think every t- the Browns would well, say no, they want I'm, Nick- I'm saying looking at the Browns, the Steelers, the Bengals, the Ravens, the Bills, the Chiefs all were saying oh. give them Baker back. The Browns are the only ones saying we don't need we don't want Baker. Give us Nick Chubb back. Yes, because you want to face Baker Mayfield. Um I don't know if there's that big of a drop off from Baker Mayfield to Case Keenum, to be very honest with you. I think Case Keenum's one of the better backups in the NFL, and I think Baker Mayfield's one of the fringiest starters in the NFL. So I think the news that Chubb is likely to play, Baker's the one that's the bigger question mark. I really wish it was opposite there. I really do. I think that if Baker's in and no Nick Chubb, Steelers have a really good chance of winning this football game. I think with Case Keenum in, Nick Chubb in, and Dearness Johnson, who we saw could play last week, I'm getting a little nervous now. Yeah, I mean, I think the Browns, more so than anyone, can recognize that. That they they would rather have Nick Chubb in. That they know they have a better chance of winning with Nick Chubb healthy. Or at least Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. I think either of those guys available to them, it's a different team. Because Kareem Hunt is... In almost every case, a running back one 
on an NFL team. It's just he's playing with Nick Chubb. I mean, this guy is uber talented, and they have by far and away the best running back duo in 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 football right now. So I don't even care if it's Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. One of those two guys available to them, and it's an entirely different football team. However, the Browns, more so than anyone, can recognize that and said, will probably be saying to themselves all week, if there's one guy we can focus our attention on to make sure he's getting the best the best rehab, the best, the best attention from our staff, it's got to be Nick Chubb to make sure he's good to go by Sunday afternoon. Best player on the roster? Is it? I would say Miles Garrett is number one. Ooh, good call. I think Miles Garrett is probably number one. Nick Chubb is real close, though. He's up there. Yeah. yeah. Top five running back in the NFL. Went healthy. Uh, Went healthy. The Browns' offensive line, too, is one of the best in football, especially at run blocking. I mean, that's why they're so dominant on the ground. I, I think that's why you saw even a, a banged-up Browns' offensive line without their two starting tackles against the Broncos still push the Broncos all over the field on Thursday Night Football last week and clear lanes for Dearness Johnson to run for 157 yards. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, no matter who you plug in there, I think you're going to get some good running action. Stefanski loves that zone run, Shanahan-style offense. So you know, we see Shanahan put any number of running backs in his San Francisco offense, and they rip mm-hmm. off 100 yards out of nowhere. A, a rookie just ran for 100 right. yards on Sunday Night Football, uh, Elijah Mitchell. Uh, who the hell is Elijah Mitchell? You know what I mean? He's, but he's the next guy up because they've they've lost three or four. He rushed for the same amount of yards as Jonathan Taylor in that game, and we all know who Jonathan Taylor is. Browns are similar in that aspect where I think they can plug and play guys because of that Stefanski zone run scheme and because of how good that offensive line is at run blocking. Uh, Matt Williamson was saying that if Nick Chubb was healthy against the Broncos with the lanes that they were creating for Dearness Johnson, Chubb might have ran for 250 yards in that game. And the Steelers haven't been the best at stopping the run. I mean, Seattle got into the football game last Sunday night, two Sunday nights ago, excuse me, because of Alex Collins and because of the running lanes that they were able to to find against the Steelers' front. So now you face a much better offensive line who is probably getting one, if not both, of their starting tackles back this week. They're getting their number one running back back, and the guy who replaced number one and number two last week is good enough to be a formidable number two behind Nick Chubb now. That offensive line, I could see them pushing the Steelers, not Cam Hayward, obviously, but when it's only Cam Hayward that you have to worry about, I could see them really getting a lot of push in this game, and I could see Nick Chubb having a lot of room to operate as this offense tries to, you know, 1940s their way, 1950s their way down the the field, just run, 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 and I think it's it could be very effective. Not only is that how the Browns win their football games nowadays, because they know it's not going to be through the air and through Baker, but that's how the Steelers lose their games, is if it's... T.J. Watt and and Cam Hayward looking behind them and the running backs already past them and you're relying on Joe Schobert and Devin Bush and whoever's left in the secondary to take down the running backs. We, we have seen those guys behind the edge rushers and behind the defensive line struggle to stop the run whenever it's gotten to that to that level. Whenever then whenever, you know, the the run game has succeeded, it's because of the lack of of capabilities by the line by the inside linebackers in the secondary to, to slow down the run yeah and the secondary is missing a lot of tackles too on the running backs when they get into that second level all around the Steelers rush defense has been pretty pedestrian this year especially later in games usually that's their bread and butter even when their secondary has been 
bad and their pass defense has been bad, the running defense has always been consistent. And I think a lot of it can be put on the injuries to the front. Uh, I think, you know, if two and Alo Alo are healthy, I, I bet you don't see Alex Collins have as much room to operate in that Seattle game. And Alex I, Collins, A.J. Dillon, Devin Singletary in week one for those those two carries or three carries. You're have. not going to see that, I don't think, when it's a fully healthy unit up front. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like you're going to see a fully healthy unit up front for the 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers. So you got to adjust and you got to adapt with the pieces that you have. Sometimes, though, those pieces that you have just aren't going to cut the mustard. You know, I know they're talented players, but as far as the NFL is concerned, uh, Isaiah Bugs um, just doesn't seem like he's going to cut it in this league as a guy who can start every single down, which they're asking him to do for the most part now. Loudermilk, yeah, the jury's still out on him, but you're putting a lot on a rookie's shoulders to be a guy that contributes mightily week in and week out, which is is what he has to do now because of the injuries to the front. So other than 97, they're really thin up front, and that's why I think you know opposing offensive coordinators see that and they say, well, we can just triple team 97, and honestly our scheme can take care of a guy like Bugs. Like, we don't even need to commit someone to block him. The way we scheme our run can just go away from him and – or – have the running back go so far or so fast past him that he just if he's out of position which I'll bet he is because he's Isaiah Bugs that's going to be 5 yard 10 yard gain for us every single time and I think you're seeing that happen more and more as the season works on and mm-hmm. teams are watching more film and they're noticing Bugs and and louder milk be exposed for the kind of players that they are so now you have the Browns and the best rushing attack you've faced all season coming to town mm-hmm. or going there. You do face Derrick Henry, so it won't be the best rushing attack you face all year, but probably the second best. And if not, I mean, like, let's, let's you go to Minnesota, too. It. It's so pro- it's probably not far behind because at least they have they have two guys. I think that's one. And I think that still applies with how Dearness Johnson played. It, no, that's what I'm Thursday saying. Even, even without Nick Chubb. Or Kareem Hunt. No, I'm sorry, without Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb at the one and Deion Johnson at the two, that's what the Browns do is they beat you with multiple multiple guys in their backfield. Zooming things out again, and I'll, I'll just say this. The thing that worries me the most about this Browns game is when we were heading into the bye, we, when the Steelers were heading into the bye, it looked like this Cleveland Browns team is super banged up. They could get lucky here and face a JV squad on Sunday at at Cleveland on Halloween. But as we are getting closer and closer and the Browns got past their Thursday night game and they were banged up there and they beat the Broncos 17 to 14 in a really gross game. It seems like the Browns are going to be for the most part healthy, ready to go, except for the quarterback. And that's the one position you, you didn't care if they were starting their starter or their back. Exactly. If Baker was back, but the tackles were still out and Chubb and hunt were out and Jarvis Landry was still out and JOK on the defensive side of the ball was still out. I would love it. I think the Steelers have a really good chance to win the game. If one of, or both of the tackles are back, Chubb's back, Landry's back, JOK's back, but Baker's out. I honestly lean towards the Browns probably winning that I football game. I don't see that being advantageous to the Steelers in any way. Neither do I. Especially, I mean, the games in Cleveland. I think what happened was when those injuries piled up within a matter of hours of each other, Steelers fans and and 
you and I included, got a little trigger happy to say, bam, like that's it. The Steelers are going to be in position to win this game. There were two things that we didn't really take into consideration, that you still had two weeks until you took the field, the Steelers took the field against the Browns, and also the fact that they played this past week, the Browns played on the Thursday night game. So not only did they have to prepare themselves for that Sunday game, but they now have three extra days to prepare for the Steelers game uh, come, what is it, on Halloween Day. So they were able to go through the Bengal, or the, the Broncos game, as, reassess themselves, and have that extra three days to rehab their guys. Exactly. They didn't get the bye, but they got a little mini bye heading mm-hmm. into the Steelers game. So it's not like the Steelers are operating from that advantage of you had a bye and the team you're playing had to play the week that you were off. They did, but they played on Thursday night. So like you said, they get some people back because of that rest. Denzel Ward, another guy who's been out for them, questionable for this game, probably going to play. It's just things are starting to pile back up in the Browns' favor as far as these injuries are concerned. And again, can't stress this enough, Steelers Nation, like Baker Mayfield is at the bottom of this totem pole. Even for, I think, honestly, if you could give the Browns coaching staff some truth serum, they would They'd want all you, these other guys back before Baker comes Baker back. Baker is at the bottom of the list in terms of a priority to to put out there on Sunday afternoon against the 100%. Steelers. 100%. They Stefanski wants his Nick Chubb back. He give wants Give me Nick Chubb. Give me JOK. Give me Denzel Ward. Give me the tackles. Give me the tackles. All of that. Give me Landry at another week being healthy. Came back for the Broncos game and now he's just going to be even healthier this week, you know. You know, we're we're talking here about some guys on defense and Jarvis Landry. I think those guys, yes, will contribute in some way. I don't know exactly in what capacity. But really, if you ask Kevin Stefanski, it's just Nick Chubb and it's just the two starting tackles that, that he, he needs, cares about. That he absolutely needs, right. yeah. And honestly, the two starting tackles, I think he'd be fine with just one. They did a hell of a job run blocking without those two starting tackles against the Broncos. And that was with only Dearness Johnson out there. Right, so... You need to create holes for a guy like Dearness Johnson. You'd at least think so, yeah, unless he comes in and he becomes the next like Ladanian Tomlinson out of nowhere. You need that guy to have room to operate. Nick Chubb, eh, he can get away with a guy sneaking into the backfield and him breaking that tackle. Uh, you know, he's he's got a lot of nausea in him as far as, or maybe it's appropriate for me to say nausea's got a lot of Nick Chubb in him because mm. Nick Chubb came first. But they don't go those kind of running backs. They don't go down on first contact. They they take a committee to come and bring them down. So it's a scary prospect with him being back in this game. Honestly, if I'm the Browns though. I don't rush Baker back at all because I do. I, I'm not trying to be a jerk here. If there's any Browns people listening to this right now, as you know, they probably listen to some Steelers media to get ready for this week. I'm not being a jerk and saying that, oh, Baker stinks. Just bench him completely for the rest of the year. If he's hurt, if he's playing through an injury, how effective do you really think he can be? Like, He's already average to above average when he's having a great game, healthy. If he has to deal with a torn labrum that he's rehabbing in his non-throwing shoulder, of course, but still, that's a lot of pain to have to deal with. How effective can you really think he's going to be when he's already, his effectiveness is already kind of questionable when healthy? Exactly. It's how much better can he really be for you 
compared to Case Keenum. And I think it's not better. I, I think a healthy Case Keenum is better, better than, than uh, Baker rehabbing Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. And obviously, there's other teams that you wouldn't say that about. Like, if I was on the Packers and this was the situation, I would say I'd start Aaron Rodgers with a torn late room and his non-throwing arm over Jordan Love. Like, that's a no-brainer. Would you say the same thing about the Steelers? That's a tough question. I don't know. See, I don't know. Cause, but that's the thing. I think Case Keenum's probably at a better spot than Mason Rudolph is in his career. Yeah, I mean, Case Keenum is what I would say top five backup quarterback in the NFL right now. One of the better ones. If I mean, it was Case Keenum on this team and not Dwayne Haskins and or Mason Rudolph, I would say yes. Agreed. Put, Kay, put, Kay, put Case Keenum in. And that's a factor, too, that's it, it, that's the being weighed in this scenario for me. It's not just that I think Baker is a fringe starter and – when he's hurt, he definitely becomes on that lower end of the totem pole. It's that your backup is so good. Like, if you had Blake Portals as your backup, then I would probably rumble Baker out there without a left arm. But the fact that you have a guy that's competent, he threw 21 for 33, 199 yards, and a touchdown. No interceptions against the Broncos. And that's the key stat there. Obviously, 199 yards is whatever in the NFL. That's not that great. You're not passing the ball mm-hmm. much. But don't turn the ball over. And the Case Keenum is such a veteran presence. And, I mean, for an entire season in Minnesota, he didn't turn the ball over and got them to the NFC Championship game. He can do the game management thing, and he's got a team around him that is craving just a game manager at that quarterback spot to help them squeak out victories with running the football and playing good defense. I don't see Case Keenum turning the ball over because I don't see him putting the ball in any sort of a risky tight window whatsoever as long as the Browns are winning the football game, obviously, and things are going according to plan. Now, if the Steelers get up on the Browns in this game, they're going to have to pass the ball. Mm -hmm. Case is going to have to push the ball downfield a little bit more. Maybe he gets picked off. But if things go according to plan and they're just grinding that ball down the field, three there's, runs, there's three no yards, four yards, five yards. throwing the ball around. No need to throw in a double coverage. I mean, all of your passes should be timing routes, receiver. You hit him right in their break. If the receiver misses the pass or the pass sails out of bounds, whatever. But there's just slim to none. Ch- it's going to take an incredible defensive back play to pick this thing off. I think that's what you're going to get all game long from Case Keenum. So... The fact that you're not playing a Geno Smith that could be very turnover prone, even though he wasn't in that Steelers game, I still worry that Case Keenum is so good at just not making the big mistake and the best way for the Steelers to win this game is Mm -hmm. for their quarterback to make that big mistake. Uh, Just more things that I keep adding to the list of reasons why I'm not optimistic early in the week about this football. No, not at all. I think the only way you get a turnover on Case Keenum is is through – the 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 power of the TJ Watt strip sack, right? Let's let's let's. Which consider, is really the only way they've gotten turnovers all year, right? They have one interception all year long, and I've are and I've forgotten where it's come from because it, it came so early on. We have seen no threat of of interceptions from really anyone in the secondary. You've seen tip balls, but none of them converted into interceptions, which is what good defenses do. They yes, they can pat, they can swap balls down, but usually those. Good, those elite defenses separate themselves from the good defenses by actually turning the ball over or, or forcing that into a turnover, and that's not what the Steelers have done. And so if you're telling me this, the Browns are getting two of their starting offensive linemen back, they're getting their number one running back back, T.J. Watt is not going to have as easy of a day 
especially when you consider it's it's Case Keenan going out there where you could further do some damage. I'm not saying the goal would be to to, to harm Baker Mayfield if he went out there, but TJ Watt could have a field day with a limping with with a with a not 100% Baker Mayfield. And a not 100% offensive line if of those tackles were going to be out. But unfortunately, because the Steelers... But just... that's the thing is that the, the Browns are going to have, no matter if it was Keenum or, or Mayfield, they're going to have that Ta- protection. Most likely regardless. they're going to have their protection back. And not only is it just going to be a tackle that Watt's going to have to go up against, he's going to face double and triple teams all game long. I just feel like the Browns are so solid on that offensive line if all of their tackles and all of their linemen are healthy, that they can commit two or three guys to Watt and their other tackle can take Highsmith one-on-one or can take Ingram one-on-one. That's probably going to be their game plan if healthy. So Watt's going to have his hands full in this football game. Hayward has had his hands full. Every single team that the Steelers have faced is just keyed on number 97. He's It's incredible he's still making his impact felt the way he is in playing at an all-pro level just t- being completely keyed on for other teams' offenses. So you're going to expect that in this Browns game mm-hmm. as well. Defensively for the Browns, though, this is a unit that's a lot better this year than it was last year. You know, That's one thing that they really put a lot of effort into improving this offseason is that defense. Really can only think of one time it's been truly lit up, and that was the Chargers game when Herbert dropped 47 on their head. But, I mean, the the, the Chargers defense was also torn apart. I mean, a hundred percent. It's actually game. It's actually funny. I was watch, reading some comments because a tweet came out about Baker, and there's rumors that the Browns will be willing to spend $32, $33 million on him in his next deal. And I'm like, please, God, thank you. Please sign him long-term. He is not ready to get that long-term deal yet. You need to keep they riding out that rookie that deal. That means that Aaron Rodgers won't be in will Cleveland. Will not be in Cleveland, which would be a huge, huge break for the Pittsburgh Not just Steelers. that, but I think Baker Mayfield being in Cleveland for a long time is a huge break for the Pittsburgh right, Steelers Right, not only well. are you not going to be playing against Rodgers, you're going to continue to play against But Baker. surprisingly, Browns fans didn't take well to the comments section of people saying, eh, it's probably a little too early or a little too much money for to pay him. They were very supportive of the best quarterback that they've had since moving back to Cleveland. And it was funny because one guy's comment was, the defense was so bad last year, it's not Baker's fault. No quarterback in the NFL is going to win a football game if their defense gives up 40 points. And I um, I never replied to randoms, but I almost typed out and replied, except for Justin Herbert, whose defense just gave up 40 points to, I can't remember whose team that was again. Oh, yeah, the Browns, right. and he still won the football game. So that's just a little funny aside there that Browns fans – Failed to see the irony in their own statements. Browns fans, I understand that you don't know what a good quarterback looks like, but don't spend too much money on an Andy Dalton just because, because the Bengals it's the, did just that. Just because it's the first time you've gotten one. Just because you got an Andy Dalton or a Kirk Cousins now. I don't even think he's as good as Kirk Cousins, honestly. I don't think he's as good as Andy Dalton was. Don't fall into that trap, though. Like Those are the traps that teams fall into. The Bengals are finally now out of that Andy Dalton trap, and look at how long it took them. Like... And by the way, that's what a really good quarterback looks like. The other guy in Ohio, not Baker Mayfield. Joe Burrow. Exactly. So, Browns fans, I'm I'm saying I'm saying this out of a a, a place of love, Cleveland fans. <laughs> I, I really am. Like, I think a lot of Cleveland fans, whenever I mean, you don't want to hear from Steelers fans anyway. But when people say I wouldn't pay Baker, they take it so personally. They need to step back and realize 
you still have him under control for a couple years. You don't have to pay him any money. Franchise tag him if you want to. Right, it's not an insult to your franchise. It's just a slight on Baker. Right. You can can do better. 100%. And now your team is in a spot where if you do better, you're a favorite to win the Super Bowl. I mean, Aaron Rodgers on that team next year, they're the betting favorite in Vegas in my mind. I, I think they clearly would be the best team on paper in the NFL. You could put in a lot of different quarterbacks than Baker and probably get that same result. Hell, you throw Joe Burrow from Cincinnati into Cleveland's lineup, they might be the best they're team not, in football. They're not right four now. and three. No. They're gonna be five and two, six and one. Exactly. So Hell, Joe Burrow is five and two. That's what I mean. So he they really have a lot of head scratching, and this kind of turned into a Baker uh, segment to end things here, but that's a really high-leverage offseason that Cleveland's heading towards. And obviously, they still have their goals in front of them this year. But that's a really high-leverage thing. But anyway, I wanted, I wanted to get into the defense before we ended anyway. So, JOK, huge impact so far this year. One of the better young linebackers in football. Great draft pick from them. Going to be a good player. Dealing with injuries, though. So, you got either no JOK this Sunday, or you got an unhealthy JOK. Either way, I'll take that over a 100% JOK. It's obviously the guy up front, though, that gives you nightmares that you have to worry about. How is the Steelers' offensive line going to block Miles Garrett? Chuksakorafor did a real good job against Von Miller, but as we move further and further away from that game, Von Miller's kind of fallen off more and more. There ain't been no fallout with Miles Garrett yet he, this year. He had said before, <clears throat> excuse me, the Browns game on Thursday night that because they were going to be without their starting tackles, he was going to have a field day. No, not only that, he said, "I'm going to murder that guy." And then wasn't, he got hurt. Wasn't the case. Well, he got hurt and he left the game. Wolf was actually joking about it on Fridays in the locker room where he was like, "The classic talk a big game and then you're hurt and you have to leave. You hate to see that." But Miles Garrett is a different animal than Von Miller is. Not. At one point, Von Miller was at that level, but as of right now, Miles Garrett is just a guy that gives you nightmares, and you're gonna have to commit more than just Chooks to Von or to to Miles Garrett to successfully take him out of the football game. Even with two or three guys, I really worry that Ben's lack of mobility is gonna leave him out to dry for Miles Garrett a lot in this football game, and. No secret, we all hate Miles Garrett here in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. for rightful reasons, but you take all that stuff away from it, one of the best defensive football players in all of football. You can still recognize the talent. Best player on the Browns roster, probably outside of quarterbacks, the best player in the entire AFC North, not named T.J. Watt. This guy is right there on that level. As I would like, say just not even in, in, in the AFC North. I would say in the AFC. Steelers fans, you talk about how big of a mismatch it is week in and week out because T.J. Watt's the best defensive player in football. Browns fans pretty much have the same, same thing, thing every week. So He has more sacks right now. I mean, through one more game. But, but still, it makes me real nervous that he's going to wreck this football game. And it doesn't matter if JOK's out or Denzel Ward's out again. It just... Nothing will be able to get going offensively because of what Garrett's doing up front, and I it think won't matter who they have available to them in the in the in the second or third levels of that defense. Garrett and Chubb, those are the two 
factors, I think, that win the game for the Browns. Just Garrett, two of them. Garrett, Garrett's availability was never in question. Never. And he's healthy. Like That's Chubb, what I'm saying, yeah. is, that, is that there is no injury bug riddling his season no. right now. And he's playing at a defensive player of the year caliber. And, again, you just you just don't know what you're going to see from this Steelers offensive line facing off against an elite, elite pass rusher like that. We'll talk a lot more about the Browns as the week rolls on, obviously, and we get closer and those injury reports start to gain a little more clarity. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. As always, Jacob Recht and myself, Tom Opferman, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time on the Steelers Standard.